Hello and welcome to the first episode of Tragicomic, a coming-of-age podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ticio, and here with me is my first ever guest and one of my best friends, Ron Gabriel Maninon. Ron is a junior mechanical engineering major at the University of Texas at Austin, a proud Filipino, and a lover, not a fighter. Ron is not only one of the most impressive friends that I have at UT, but one of the most impressive people that I know. At 20 years old, he's already gotten multiple summer offers at top consulting firms in New York City, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. And besides that, what I think is most impressive about him is the way that he is with people. Ron is vulnerable, which is especially hard for an Asian man. He's considerate, respectful, and makes everyone feel like they're welcomed and that they've known him for years. He's truly one of my favorite people and one of the first people I'd want to meet my parents. I'm so proud of everything he's accomplished. I'm proud to be his friend and proud that he is the first ever guest on my podcast. Ron or Gabe, <laughs> how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me on the show. And I was not expecting that introduction, but I'm, I feel like very loved right now. <laughs> Good. You should. Yeah. Well, before we get into anything, yeah. I also want to explain what this podcast is and why I specifically wanted to create it. If you don't know what tragicomic means, because I didn't until I was doing research for this podcast, it means manifesting both tragic and comic elements, which I think sums up growing up perfectly. Before recording each episode, I sit down with my best friends from all different backgrounds and watch their favorite coming-of-age movie. Then, live, we discuss our favorite parts of the movie, why they're our favorites, and discuss how it relates to our own upbringings. I wanted to make this podcast for many reasons. One, I think how someone grows up is essential to understanding who and why they are. I hate to say in a society where, but in a society where we're farther away from the people around us than ever, sitting down having a conversation about how you grew up is super, super important. Two, with the theme of growing up being present in every coming-of-age film, I can do a deep dive into the lives of some of my best friends and better understand how they came to be how they are. Hopefully, I'll learn something about them in the process, and this podcast can serve as a time capsule that I can look or listen back on in a couple of years and fully enjoy. Three, I'm a filmmaker and hope to write for the coming-of-age genre with my career. I think that although these films may just seem like a fun watch, they are very dense and packed with emotions and personal anecdotes that deserve to be unpacked. And four, I've heard that hosting a podcast looks really great on resume. Anyways, Ron, I'm not trying to hog the mic. Can you say which film was your favorite? What film did we watch? And why is it your favorite? So like one of the first films that I thought of for coming of age, like when I was growing up, I thought of the movie or first book uh, called Flipped. And so I read the book, I don't know, like probably when I was like six because my siblings told me to, to like read it because it was a really good read. And then I think like a, a couple years later, they came out with a movie. And so I was like, the first thing I thought of for this podcast, I was like, we should watch the movie Flipped. And so that's what, that's what we, uh, we watched. <laughs> okay. Well, I had never seen Flipped. I'd never heard of Flipped. I never really? read the book. No, never. never. So for anybody that doesn't know, mm-hmm. Flipped is a 2010 American romantic comedy drama co-written and directed by Rob Reiner and based on Wendelin Van Dranen's 2000 novel, 2001 novel of the same name. The film tells the story of two eighth graders who start to have feelings for each other, despite being total opposites. Just as the novel does, the film titularly flips between main characters Julie and Bryce's perspectives, explaining the ongoing eighth grade question of, do I like them or not? Flipped explores themes of love, growing up, and even cultural norms in the 1950s and socioeconomic class. Now, I'm going to give you my opinion on it, okay. just on a film bro basis, not based off anything else. Okay. But I think this movie is not peak cinema and it's not really close um when i watched it I, I found that the cinematography was bland the set design is a lot of green screen and bad green screen at that and there are some story elements like the depiction of julie's mentally disabled uncle that should not be overlooked but i still think it's a fun watch and i think whenever there's a movie with great kid actors a simple love story and a, a fun catchy gimmick like this one has i think you're gonna enjoy yourself but Besides from the film bro type shit, why mm. do you think you enjoyed this movie so much? Or this book so much? Yeah, so I think what really connected with me about this movie is that in elementary school, I had like a really big crush from like kindergarten to maybe like sixth grade or something. Uh-huh. And so like when I read this book, I was like, oh my God, does this bro this is like me? me? <laughs> yeah, is, is this me? Because in the, in the start of the book, it's like the first page is like, the male's point of view, mm-hmm. and then the, the like. The second page is like the female's point of view, and then, like you can see how they think differently about the same situation. So like, someone might like think really positively of a situation, and then mm-hmm. someone would really think negatively. So in every single interaction that I had with her, 
like throughout elementary school, I was thinking like, damn, was that something that like a sign like that, that, that she likes me? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, no, nah, she don't like me like that. So I think that's really connect with me with the movie. That's why I like stuck with it. And then and like at the end, it's just, you know, that fairy tale like ending. They like end up together. Sure. You know, well, did you end up together with your crush? We dated for. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we ended up dating for like a week and then we like broke it off. And then after that, it was the first time I ever cried over a girl. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. That's why like this like sticks like really hard with me because it's like not only was it like the journey, but then like finally getting there and like saying that y'all like each other. Uh-huh. That shit. So like it just feels so good. It does feel good. And then uh, I like remember my uh, siblings they're like hearing me talk on the phone with <laughs> with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And then um, we're like asking to hang out. And then obviously like I'm in fifth grade, whatever. Like I can't drive yet. Yeah. And then I was like, I think, <laughs> can you take me to the mall? <laughs> to town East Mall yeah, in Mesquite, then, Texas. And then, and then she was like, no, I can't, I can't take you to the mall, but I can take you to the park. <laughs> so did you go to so, the park with yeah, her? So, so we like went to the park. Did you climb a tree? Um, no, we, 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 we climbed, like, the top of the swing set. Uh, I wouldn't say the most is... That's just know, a that, ladder. No, no. That <laughs> That's was just our, going upstairs. That was, a, that was our analogy of the second word tree. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then, so, uh, she's like, you better tell mom first, though. Mm-hmm. And so, it was the first time ever in my life. I was like, mom, I have to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, my, like, dad was there, too. I was like, I'm not... What's going on? <laughs> and then everyone sat down. And then I think this is around Christmas time. So, like, mm-hmm. everyone's home. Like, no one's, like, really doing anything. We're just, like, chilling around the house. And so I was like, Mom, I have to tell you that I have a girlfriend. And then my mom started crying. Crying? Crying. Just, like, out of nowhere. She's like, you could have, you could have told me anything else. <laughs> anything else besides that. What? And then uh, I was like. At the time, like, I didn't know, like, why she was crying. I was like, yeah. And then I started crying because, like, <laughs> are you mad at me? Yeah. But then I, like, realized that it was because I was growing up. Because, like, I started oh, okay. liking girls. And, like, she didn't want me to be, Aww. like, well, that's, you know, like, taken away from her. You yeah. Know, like, how the, yeah. That's, like, the sweetest way she, that's the sweetest reason to cry about something. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, like, ever since then, my, like, siblings always made fun of me. Yeah. And, like, like, having a girlfriend at, like, fifth grade or sixth grade like whatever it was um i guess like kind of helped me to like treat people like the way i treat people now where it's like i like always try to act in the best interest because like in the book uh or in the book and movie bryce is like kind of like a dick to like julie julie right so i was like man i never want that happen so like even like all my friends i'll like treat them like as best as i can possible so that there's no, like, even an idea of, like, me trying to be mean. Yeah. So and you think all that came from reading this book when you were, like, well, no, I'm nine? Not, <laughs> not all of it, but I think it, like, definitely helped me, like, think about it more. Or, like, your fir- whole, your whole first crush experience helped yeah, you realize yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that exactly. Sense. And then, like, I was like, man, why, like, why'd she break up with me? And then her reasons, like, it was, like, over text. Like, we had track phones at the time. So, like, yeah. you had to, like, actually, like, type in uh-huh. every single one. And then she, she was like, yeah, like, we'll be going to, like, middle school soon. And, like, I don't know. Like, we'll meet new people. But, like. <laughs> it's the same people. It's the same people. Like, it's, it's the same class. Like, just like we can make grade. it work. Yeah. And then. It's not like know, college. At the time, it was it was before I started playing basketball. So mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of, like, chunky. Okay. And so I, I, I swear it was because I was fat during the time. You thought she was fat shaming you. That's why. Yeah. She was like. And, you know, I, like, typically, like, guys, like, play sports. I was like. But I'm Taekwondo. But I'm just I was that I was that like chubby bro. I was that chubby Asian kid in Taekwondo for like ten years. Oh damn! I know hella of those kids. Yeah, I was one of those kids once. I did it for a little bit. Yeah, dude, I had I had my first girlfriend in fourth grade. Same time. Fourth grade. Okay. Yeah, but we dated for two years. Oh my god. We dated all of fourth grade, all of fifth grade. Broke up in fifth grade summer. Julia Breland. Um, <laughs> shout out to her. Yeah, shout out to her. <laughs> She's still in Outlet. But uh, dude, I remember the same thing. I remember. Uh, not telling, not telling my mom that I was dating her, um, but I remember in like fourth or fifth grade, mm-hmm. I it was Julia's birthday, 
And so I needed to get her a present. But we're fucking eight. We can't go to the store alone. Yeah. And so I was like, my mom was going grocery shopping. I was like, can I come with you? And she was like, sure. And like, I never want to grocery shopping with her. I don't want to go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the store together and she kind of like lets me walk around. And then I can't find it. Like I can't find like where the jewelry section is. I want to get her a necklace. And so I have to go, I like go to my mom and I'm like scared and I'm like nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mom, like, can I ask you something? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, it's embarrassing. She's like, what? And I was like, never mind, never mind. I just, I just <laughs> bitched out. I bitched out. And she was like, no, no, no. What is it? What is it? And I was like, no, it's fine. Whatever. And she's like, is it a jock strap? And I was like, no. I was well, like, it's not a jock strap. <laughs> like, I'm not, it's not that. She's like, then what is it? And I was like, I want to get this girl a present. And she was just like, oh, that's so cute. She like walked me over to the jewelry aisle, jewelry aisle and we picked out a necklace. And then she, my mom bought it for me. I don't have fucking money. Mm-hmm. So she bought it for me, bought it, and I gave it to her. And I think she liked it. I don't remember. But yeah. we dated for two years. Two dude. years? So two from years. fourth grade to sixth grade? Like, is that sixth grade, like, started middle school? Yeah. So, okay. like, fourth grade, beginning of fourth grade to, like, the summer of fifth and sixth. Summer of fifth So, like, pretty okay. much two full years. And I, I couldn't even tell you why we broke up. I can't remember. Mm. Uh, but we used to... I had the the slide phone, iPod Touch combo. Ooh. I had both. And so I would I would always iMessage her on my iPod Touch. But I could only do it when I was home because I didn't have service. <laughs> but I remember, uh, like, calling her and still getting all nervous and stuff. I still mm. do that, though. Yeah. But I remember specifically, like, it was like... Me, her, and a couple friends. Her mom was driving us to CC's Pizza in Rowlett. And I remember... Oh, CC's Hits? The, CC's the cinnamon hits. rolls? Bro, all of it. Oh. The buffet? Mm-hmm. But I remember Julia, like, grabbed my hand. And we were holding hands. It was the first time I ever hold hand, held hands with someone that wasn't, like, my family. And I remember it felt, like, crazy. Like, it was like I could feel it in my whole body. Mm-hmm. And I felt... They did that in the movie. Yeah, But yeah. theirs was weird, like, as fuck. They were, like, <laughs> all cringy and shit. But I remember that. I still remember that. It was, so it was well. looking probably cringy in real life too, but he just not remember. No, it, it definitely was. was. Yeah. It definitely was. But it's crazy. Like whenever we watched that last night, and like they grabbed each other's mm-hmm. hand, I could like feel that. Yeah. Like the first time you hold someone's hand. It's called <laughs> Like that's like a real thing. Yeah. Like I don't know. Okay. Okay. So the, we talked about it a little bit, but the movie's all about love, mm-hmm. and they did that. That. When was your first kiss? How old were you? My first kiss was actually in sixth grade. I want to say it might have been on my birthday. It was with mm. <laughs> it was with my like middle school girlfriend. So I, okay. I, I like met her. I think we were riding the bus together or something. Like I forgot when. But then um, I like asked her out, and so like you know in middle school like you like ask somebody out, but like you're not really dating. Like you're just well, like. Yeah together whatever did you ask her did you ask her will you go out with me or did you ask her will you go out my girlfriend well, okay like, that's what i did in yeah. middle school yeah <laughs> i didn't ask nobody to be my girlfriend yeah and then like you know how like you like change your status on kick like take yeah you delete mash and chat yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so like i like i like change I, I changed my like uh kick username to like take in on like whatever date i, I forgot what date yeah. it is but i just remember my, my first kiss being either on valentine's day or my birthday Mm-hmm. Because um, she was like, okay, just like maybe buy her locker like before, like after the bell or whatever. I was like, okay. okay. And then so she's like, let me give you this. And then it was like on Valentine's Day or my birthday, like I said. And and, then, and she kissed me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> sixth grade is kind of young. I know. Sixth grade is young. You're like 12. Well, it, it wasn't a French kiss. It was just like little Well, little I know, peck, but still. Little peck. Still. But yeah. And then so after that, I was like, damn. I felt so good. I was mm-hmm. like, is this what it feels to be in love? <laughs> no, literally. Yeah. And then I want to say my first like real like f- like French kiss, I want to say. <laughs> can, can, can we go into that? Oh, we can. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was when? It was with uh, my first like real girlfriend in, in high school. Her, her uh, name is Mosquito Tams. Uh, uh, Mesquite. Okay. Shout, uh, shout out to Leah. <laughs> shout out to Leah. So, um, uh, it was it was also like at a park, it was like our first kiss ever, because it was it was fir- like first time we met, yeah, or not not met but like ever hung out, yeah, and just alone, so, yeah, just, yeah. Like, just alone, and like she's like like kind of the shy type of person, which is like totally the opposite of me. You know, I'm like yeah. very extrovert, whatever, and so like um, it like meant a lot for me that she was like willing to come out and just like talk to me about like whatever, mm-hmm. 
And then I was like, <laughs> I was so it is. Y'all made out in the park? No, no, no. I was like, can I give you a kiss? Oh, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> She's like, yeah, of course. And then so I like, I like, um, uh, I like kissed her on the lips. And then, <laughs> and she, and she just put her tongue out because she didn't know what to do. Oh, <laughs> so, that sounds so awful. We just, we just kissed. And then I was like, like that, outside the swings. Yeah, no, no. In the wood like, chips. <laughs> I think we were sitting on some bench or something. Okay. At some point. <laughs> At least you're sitting. Yeah. And then oh, I was like, that felt so awkward. Like, is that how it's supposed to feel? And then, and then like, after, like, obviously, after more times it happens, like, it gets more comfortable. Like, yeah. But your first kiss, it'll never be perfect. <laughs> no. Okay. My, yeah. my first, kiss, first kiss and, like, my first French kiss, whatever, if you want to call it that, was with the same person. And I'm not going to say their name because they go to UT. And they shout out to this girl at UT. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out to her. But um, I remember we had our first kiss, and it was like this. I was, I was in eighth grade summer, so I was quite a bit older than you. Like I was gonna be in high school in like two months. Oh, like okay, okay. Yeah, like I was about to be a high schooler, um, and we were we were dating, and then I remember I gave her our first kiss, and it was like it felt great, um, but it was just that I was like okay, mm-hmm. awesome, and then like it sort of felt mechanical. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, like, not like the one time. But then I remember, like, this was probably, I don't know, days, weeks, I don't know, I don't remember, later. Um, I remember this vividly. We went to Hop Dottie, the burger bar. We didn't make out there. <laughs> we went to Hop Dottie with her mom, because we can't drive yet, mm-hmm. for, like, lunch or dinner or whatever, and we eat there. And then we come back, and we're in her media room, and we're, like, watching a movie, whatever. Damn, and y'all had media rooms? <laughs> she did. And so then... We like started watching something and then we like kiss and then we start like French kissing. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I could like taste the hop toddy, but not like the burger, just like the onions. Oh, and then I remember that like lingers. In yeah, your that mouth. shit's yeah. there forever. And I remember like thinking like, is this what making out is always going to taste like? <laughs> like I thought like is there just like so much bacteria in our mouths that like it's never going to taste good because mm-hmm. I was like I don't want to do this like how do people just love doing this like how do yeah. they do it in every movie ever I don't get it but then so that was the first time but then the second time was a lot better that's good that's but good yeah that I, I always remember like lo- that taste yeah luckily like my first French kiss I mean I'm pretty sure she like brushed her teeth and shit oh, like yeah. that like <laughs> there was no like extra steak in there like whatever onions might have tasted like grass <laughs> in the park. <laughs> okay. Well, this movie, we were trying to figure it out last night. I don't think we did, but what? this movie takes place in the 1950s. Yeah. That's where it's set. Uh, um, 63? No, the 50s. I, th- I, I swear it was like 1963, right? It's 1957. Oh. That's when it takes okay. place. Um, and you can tell in the movie that it's like set in the past from like the wardrobe and set design. Mm. But I think also by like the dad... The like the misogynist, toxic yeah. behavior from some of the characters, and like he like peaked in high school. Yeah, and like exactly. He's well, like people still peak in high school. Uh, yeah, we know people. I, th- I think I know people that peak in high school. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, um, so this was in the 1950s. Obviously, we grew up in the 2000s and the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. If you could grow up in another time, what would it be and why? Oh, I've thought about this a long Have you? time. I yeah. thought about it too. So. Could like could I be any race <laughs> any race or like would no, I still you're have, you. you're still you you're you yes oh okay you're still Pinoy <laughs> as fuck okay I think I would still choose like ancient Rome what the yeah, fuck I, 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 I want to choose are ancient you kidding Rome. yeah because like he, here here's why that's a stupid response <laughs> <laughs> I've like I've been thinking about this so like back then everyone spoke Latin it's so, like across all the Mediterranean Sea, like all those regions and stuff, everyone spoke the same language. And it's like, how cool would that be? And plus, like, you you can get to explore every single part of Europe during that time. And obviously, I guess I'm I'm not like a white (laughs) white male who can vote. But if I if I were, I think it would be like a good time to explore like the different ancient cities, like how how be like how society would progress from from that. And like seeing gladiators and like seeing the different aqueducts and i think like rome has like played such a foundation to like modern day society and like different things like that Bro, I don't and think then like i don't think you're thinking about this in the right way what <laughs> you're not thinking about like the bathrooms you're not thinking about what you're eating oh they had they had um bro people died at, like 
the average age of the mortality rate was like 40 years old is when you die. Probably 30. Yeah. Look, come on. <laughs> live fast. You grow up and then you die. That's all you get. <laughs> live fast. And then like this is like slightly before like the plague. But then <laughs> and then like you get you get to the time where like Jesus is like also like one more like one AD or like zero like one, like zero BC or something like that. And so you get like get get to that time like where where he's living too while also experiencing like the entirety of like the best empire that like ever stood. I don't know. That's what that like historically, I, I like want to like experience that. But what are you but what then, are, what are you doing? What are you doing in your time? You're not playing with basketballs. You're not <laughs> I'm, I'm, on I'm, your I'm, phone. I'm a gladiator. <laughs> Bro, you're like I'm nine. Gladiator. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> wait, wait. You said you said wait. What was the question? I, I thought I'd like grow like growing up. Growing up, yeah. Yeah, it would be like so from a, zero to eighteen. You would I'd choose like ancient fighting. Rome. I'd be like fighting or something. You'd be a fighter? <laughs> yeah, I'd be fun. <laughs> they, you know, they fight to the death. That was the whole thing. Oh, for sure. Right. You know, if you don't maybe, win, you lose. Or you die. Maybe I've, I've just seen too many like of those types of movies. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> where it's like in like 300 where like yeah. you're like badass Spartan, you know? <laughs> okay, let me... Okay, <laughs> if, <laughs> you like answer that question again and then I'll, I'll think of another time period. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to grow i don't know if i'm too specific about a a different time but i do think there would be ups and downs to like growing up in the 90s or in like the 70s even like where my parents grew up Mm. because i think if i could go back and i'm only thinking about it in terms of girls to be honest just about like love and (laughs) i'm thinking about like conquest (laughs) (laughs) but i think if i could go back to a time where if i wanted to talk to a girl i would have to call her house phone her landline and speak to her father and ask if I can talk to her, mm. I'd want to do it. Because really? it's too easy now. It's too easy. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's too easy. But, like, I think all the romantics are taken out of it. Yeah. It's like, just, like, really convenient to just, like, hit somebody up on Instagram. And, like. I don't want to DM somebody. I don't want to. like, s- they're also dating apps, too. But yeah. Exactly. I've never downloaded a dating app. Me either, yeah. You haven't? I'm not, I've never been on one. Oh, me either. Yeah. Like, I don't, li- don't want to be Snapchatting a girl. I just want to talk to her. And, like... If our only form, because this is even like, if we grew up in the '90s and we're like teenagers in the early 2000s, uh, then it's you just have like flips. Mm-hmm. Then you can't Snapchat. You still can't text. You really I, don't want to text. I think that's fine. That's I think fine, that's fine yeah. too, because I prefer calling. Me too. And then like obviously like people would say like oh but social media, but I mean people didn't have social media addictions back then because it didn't fucking exist. Mm-hmm. I think we would have been fine. I mean there would have been no other possibility. Yeah. So you're you're saying that you grew up in the '90s or '80s because of that, in terms just in terms of like finding like a romantic uh, like significant other. I don't know. Not even that. There was also like I when I felt like, like when we grew up, and even less when we grew up, more like when my like my younger cousins are growing up. But like everything was like so strict, you mm-hmm. know. Like our parents were like scared that there were like people that were gonna get us. I feel like that wasn't the same in like the seventies, eighties. Yeah, 90s. yeah, because we're because we're born in post two thousand one, like nine eleven. Yeah, that's I why mean, everyone's like so strict. I think. I don't know if nine eleven did everything. I mean, they like beefed up the like security of like I, airports and like everywhere. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's not it's not as free. Like, you have to just, like show your ID and like. It's true. Yeah, so like maybe that's why, or maybe especially I'm just, because we were born during that time. You know. Yeah, it is crazy that like our year, our class of like friends are the people that were born on 9-11. I know a person that was born on 9-11. Mm. Anthony Cruz. Damn. He's in the Air Force. Wow. Isn't yeah. that crazy? What a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Okay, so 80s, 90s, because of, like, the freedom of not being as as much, like, as strict or whatever. Yeah. But, like, if you think about it, in the 80s, 90s, there wouldn't that be that many Asians, right? Or, like, would there still be the same amount? Of Asians? Of like of like Asian Americans here, does that affect like your like upbringing at all? Well, yeah, it definitely does. I don't I don't know how many Asians there were back then. I feel like a similar amount. No, mm. it it honestly might be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well that leads me to this thing. What? So obviously this movie is about a white boy liking a white girl. Mm-hmm. It's a white family, two white families. We didn't grow up in white families. Mm-mm. We grew up in Filipino ones. You more than me. You double me. <laughs> um, how do you think? 
and especially like just watching a coming of age movie or watching a movie about young kids growing up and seeing like how they're quote unquote raised. Mm-hmm. How do you think that growing up in an ethnic household was different or specifically a Filipino household? Huh, that's interesting. Cause I think for me, like the biggest thing that I saw when I first went to kindergarten mm-hmm. is like people did not take studies seriously. <laughs> like yeah. people didn't know how to read. They didn't know how to like do simple math and like whatever. And then my like mom, like when I was like three or four, like I didn't even know, like she was teaching me how to read like di- like different alphabet, like di- the different letters in the alphabet, mm-hmm. and like knowing like one plus one, two plus two, whatever. And then she like make me fill out a multiplication chart every day, like hundred problems. You gotta do in this. like preschool. Gotta do like, that. Like four. Yeah, like like so- like something crazy like that. And then just like knowing how to just like share things with people. So like, hmm. uh, I feel like. In kindergarten, people would like, "Hey, like, can I borrow this?" Like, "No, I'm using it, right?" Mm-hmm. But then people like, "Oh yeah, sure. Like, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> you can, like, you can borrow it, right?" Yeah, yeah. And so people are like, um, even being told what to do. So like, you know how like there's like a different mat for your kindergarten classroom. Yeah. Like, where like each person sat mm-hmm. in this row or whatever. It's like, no, I don't want to see her because my favorite number is like eleven yeah. or something like that. And then I was like, oh my gosh, these these kids don't know like how like order works. <laughs> yeah, it's like authority. Yeah, it's like it's they like were disciplined. They didn't know discipline. Discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. discipline. I want to say that. But then like obviously as as we all grew up, um, they like kind of grew into that. But I think from an early age, my like parents instilled like discipline, like respecting like the authority. Because like whenever mm-hmm. kids talk back to the teacher, I was like, ooh, <laughs> they're getting in trouble. <laughs> and then um, actually speaking of that. Um, in, in kindergarten, like the first time I ever got in trouble was like when I was like talking when I wasn't supposed to be talking by like accident. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Ron, you're not supposed to be talking right now. And like she like meant in the kindest way possible. And you just started crying. I started, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started crying. I was like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> but yeah. But then like obviously as you grow up, you're like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I remember vividly the first time. Did y'all have color cards? Yeah, no, we had we had pins. So like pins? each like green, blue, and red, whatever. Like red is like the worst one. Yeah. Like green is the best, and then like you get moved your pin if you get like scolded or whatever. Mm. Ours was ours was color cards. So it was like a big thing on the wall that held all the cards for every single person, mm-hmm. and it was a green card, a yellow card, and the red card. And so then, everyone started the day on green. Mm-hmm. And then if they got like a warning, you move it to yellow. And yeah. then if you got like actually scolded, you'd get red. And it didn't mean anything at all. But if you just saw yourself with a red card, it was the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. But I remember the first time I had to change my card was because my good friend Jimmy, who I'm still best friends with now, like was talking to me when we shouldn't have been talking. And then Miss Renning, my kindergarten teacher, was like, Andrew, go change your card. Dang. And I remember like standing up. Like getting the strength in my legs to stand up and walk over there. I was crying by the time I was up. And then I changed it. And then I came back. I was bawling. And this running held me in her arms and like rocked me as Mm. I was fucking bawling crying in the fucking kindergarten classroom. Bro, like if you think about it from the teacher's perspective, that's such a hard job. Because like you don't want any kid to cry. But it's like you have to lay down that law, you know? Yeah. And like honestly, it taught taught us lessons. Like don't don't. Yeah, we still remember it. Yeah. It, it was crazy to me, like, also, like, listening to authority wasn't a huge thing at my house. Really? Yeah. But, like, we were also, like, we weren't badass kids. Like, mm-hmm. we kind of just, like, did it anyways. Um, and so maybe they did, like, distill some stuff into us that was just, like, not too, like, explicit. It was kind of more implicit. Mm-hmm. But I always just, like, respect it. But I remember, like, going, it wasn't even really kindergarten. It was more like when I got into, like, first and second grade. Whenever some kids were just, like, loud. For like no there was, reason, Ob- like obnoxiously loud. Yeah. yeah, and then they would just like talk when the teacher's talking, and I just didn't get it. I was like, why? Mm-hmm. And then that carried on into like high school, where I felt like people were like, because I was like in IB, and like you were in TAM, so we're mm-hmm. both in like accelerated classes, whatever. But I felt like there was a bunch of kids in my class that thought they were smarter than the teachers. Yeah. And they would like try to correct them. They would like over talk, like whenever they were talking, and I could not understand that ever. Like, I'll never understand thinking that you're better than the teacher. Yeah. For me, that's, like, that's not a good way to learn. Like, if, if you already think you're better yeah. than somebody, then, like, how can you ever learn in that in that environment? And it's but just at, mad disrespectful. Yeah. It, it's, like, it's so annoying because, like, after they get sent to, like, ISS or, like, is that is that what you yeah, call it? Yeah, ISS. Too? Yeah. 
like after they get sent to ISS, they come back to the classroom and do the same shit again. <laughs> I know they don't learn. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, this is like a good segue to live too because like you'll keep making the same mistakes over mm-hmm. and over again, and like some of those people that <laughs> went to ISS like the entire time, I like know that they're not doing very well yeah. right now. Well, how how often did you get in trouble? Were you good in good in school? Oh, I was I was a goody two shoes. Like were you? <laughs> like no no doubt. <laughs> But even at Tams, you weren't like going to parties. You weren't doing nothing. At Tams, if you if you like went out past eleven, you're you're kicked out because like we had like we had curfew from oh like my six a.m. to eleven p.m. You could do whatever you want, but before six a.m. or after eleven p.m., you you had, like you have to be inside the dorm. Oh, so that's damn. why it's like inside your own dorm, or did you can like still hang out with friends. You so it, in your like, room, it like it like differs. So, like when like when you first got in like your first semester, you had to be in like your room. Damn. And then second semester, you could like go to other people's rooms in the same like, like uh, level, the right? same floor. Yeah, in the, in, in the same floor. And then senior year, you could go like throughout the building. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and so all the TAM kids were in one building. Uh, yeah, every single one. And like the first floor was like split up into wings. Like like the like the first went like first half of the wing mm-hmm. is like males, second half females, and then the second floor is girls, third floor is guys. And like, mm. like typically, like the third floor is like uh, junior guys instead of like senior guys. Hmm. So that's how they split it up. And so like, <laughs> we also had uh, what's called um, visitation hours. So like, there, like there, <laughs> there's like a certain time where a girl and a guy can be in the same room, but you have to like file it. Your, yeah, you gotta, you gotta like sign in the front desk like this person is in my room at this time, and then have your door opened. Oh my god! And then like we like we had RAs who would like walk around and stuff. But like, um, typically like RAs had classes during the times, so mm-hmm. like it didn't really matter. But you just had to have your door open. And so I, I think this was like a funny way of like them, like keeping order because yeah. they're they're still liable for you because you're under eighteen. So like that's their Shit, way of yeah. like, you know, like coping with that. That's. Bro, but honestly, I feel like they kind of have to do that. They yeah, that's because what I'm saying, like, I don't blame them when you're sixteen. Living like without your parents in a building full of other sixteen-year-olds, mm-hmm. like they gotta be supervising you for real. Yeah. Like sixteen-year-olds are dumb. Yeah, and like I remember like extrapolating that back to um, regular high school, like in in Mesquite. Mm-hmm. I know people who were like fourteen and pregnant, fifteen no, and pregnant, literally, literally, and, and then like they they would walk to school with like their baby, like bro, go home, bro. Like, you have a baby with you, you know? Bro, it was so crazy, like, leaving high school and coming to college, like, in the next, like, three months. Like, the first three months of college, I felt like I knew over a dozen people that got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing wrong with it, but it's just crazy how their life is so much different than yeah. mine now. Like, my, one of my best friends, Jabari, I'm going to his baby shower next Saturday. Mm. He's going to be a dad this year. Yeah. Like... And I'm so happy for him. He's going to be a great father. But, like, I'm not ready to be a father. Like, that's just not something that's, like, three weeks away from me. Yeah. Like, that seems crazy. That's, like, that's like far in the future for us. At least in my mind. Or, like, ten years or something like that. Ten? You think you're... You think ten years? I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't know what's happening in ten years. I think, like... Because by then we'll be 30. So... I think I'll definitely have... I think, like, 26 to 28. I think for me, at least, uh, not at least, but like most 30 at 30. Yeah. But, but yeah, actually like you, you mentioning your friend who got pregnant, my like, well, like one of my best friends in uh, high school, she recently got pregnant, um, I want to say like last year and she invited me to her baby shower. I, actually it was this like April or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she like invited me to her baby shower and then the baby turned out so cute <laughs> and lo- it looked exactly like her, like, oh. like growing up. And then so I'm just like really happy for her, but then at the same time, like you tack on so much responsibility, and like I think right now she's like finishing up school, but imagine like While us going to school and having a kid the same I time. I know. Imagine us having doing everything we're doing right now, plus, plus having we, a a person, <laughs> a person we got to take care of. Yeah, a person that lives with us is all the time, can't talk. Mm-hmm. I I, dude, that's crazy. Mad respect to people who who get pregnant early and our parents early and can still like survive. Like I have mad respect for them. I know. I bro, I don't know what. And in November like earlier we were talking about my mom yeah. was pregnant when she was like 20 or something. Yeah. That's <laughs> our age. Yeah. 
I didn't realize. Or 22. I forgot. Still does. young. Yeah. Like college age still. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize your parents were so young when they had their first kid. Yeah. I think 22, 24, or 20, and then 22. Hmm. My, my dad's two years older than my mom. Yeah. So somewhere, somewhere between then. Yeah. My, I think... I think my mom was 30. I think my dad was 32. Or maybe my mom was 28. My dad was 30. But I feel like that's like normal. Mm-hmm. Like around 30. Then I knew people that were half that age. Yeah. There was a girl in my high school that got kicked off the cheerleading team because she was pregnant. And she couldn't fit in the cheer outfit anymore. Oh, Literally. Damn. Like there's a fucking person in there. <laughs> well, yeah. One, one question I have for you. So like you asked me the question of like how life was different growing up as like a full Filipino. And yeah. I, like my answer was that like they're like very strict on, you know, like my education, like, like make sure I don't fuck up school, like all mm-hmm. A's or like you're kind of disowned <laughs> type thing. Yeah. And so like having that mindset forced me to like work hard and like academics and like, I guess like sports, mm-hmm. um, like whatever. But for you, you know, like you're, you're half white and you're half Filipino. Did you have like some some part of your life where like you didn't know like who you were like which side you choose or like if you're both or you're one or the other like growing up see i i just never saw it as that deep Mm. but i know that like my sister that's something that she's struggled with just because we are mixed and we're somewhat like racially looking at us like racially ambiguous Mm -hmm. like i mostly just get hispanic and i'm not hispanic but we also have the last name orticio which sounds hispanic Mm. um so my sister like has more like Asian friends in her like immediate circle and they've had the conversation or like they've told her like, oh, well, you're not really Asian and like shit like that because she's only half. Um, And it's like, I know it's affected her. It really hasn't affected me. Um, And I love being Filipino, but Mm. it was, it is interesting because I am an Asian man, but I've never had the Asian man expectations. Like I was never, ever, I was never once told to do my homework. Damn. I was never, um, I mean, my parents were so, so, so relaxed. They didn't make us do anything. We didn't have chores. No chores? We stopped having bedtimes in middle school. That's crazy. Um, There was never a limit on electronics, like none of this stuff. And I think, I mean, my parents both just believe in the idea that self-motivation is the best motivation. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I believe that too, actually. Yeah. And then so... My mom would tell me, like, she was like, this is kind of what you need to, like, get the, to the schools that you want to go to. And then I kind of just put it on myself to, like, all right, I just got to get these grades, do mm-hmm. this extracurricular activities. And then I just did sports for fun. But it was odd because, like, everyone has, like, the Asian parents. Like, that's the thing. The Asian parents that will be overbearing, especially about education, or they won't want you to go out, or they won't want you dating a girl, or they won't want you dating a girl that's not Asian, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I never had any of that. So, like, my upbringing was very unlike the norm for Asian people. Mm-hmm. Wait, did your, did, did, like, did your parents compare you a lot to each other? Never. Never. But that's, oh I think that's God. the best thing that my dad has ever done. Yeah, is I he, agree. He was a huge, huge, huge advocate. He used to say this thing all the time where he would just say, do not compare. He would just say that, just say that. And it would piss us off because it'd be like, Julia got McDonald's after school, but I didn't. And then he, that was his response every single time. And even though it sounds silly and it was over like food and little shit like that, I think it always kind of resonated with me. Cause like mm-hmm. my brother was an Ivy League student. He was a national merit finalist. Damn, he had like he's... a 1560, um, got into Ivy League schools. And I never compared myself to him once, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Cause I'm sure most people that have like really, really smart older siblings are always in comparison with themselves. If it's not by their parents, it's internal. Mm. And I just never felt that. I just knew that we were going different like career paths. And so I just didn't even focus on stuff like that. Mm. And my parents were never, ever like, they were totally understanding that we were different people. And so they would never be like, Evan did this. Why can't you do it? They never said anything along those lines Damn. ever. But yeah. you got the comparisons? Yes. Like that, like that was a big thing growing up. Cause honestly, I, I don't hate them for it because like you can always, I like grew out of that mindset mm-hmm. because it's like bad to compare. Cause then like, I don't know. It's just really toxic. Mm-hmm. But growing up, my parents were like, "Oh, your your brother got A's in like these classes. Like, you can do that too, right?" Yeah. And then I like always did it. And then, and then my like sister, um, 
she's the eldest, right? Yeah. And so like my my like brother would get like the bulk of the comparisons because he's like they're nine months like, younger, apart. Yeah. yeah. They're like only nine months apart, eleven months apart, whatever. And then they're like, you know, like your your sister's doing this, like 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 you need to be doing this. And then so um, I guess that like kind of made him like do his own thing of like you know like playing football on his own like mm -hmm. not doing orchestra like like doing anything like uh musical related yeah and so like i think that spurred like a really big difference between my like siblings in like high school and like middle school is that like they did totally opposite different things because of my my parents comparisons hmm. and then for me i like looked to them as idols i was like oh I'll, I'll, really like, i like i like i want to do something like sporty like like my brother but then i also want to do something like musical like my sister mm -hmm. so like which is why i did basketball and violin in high school and then like um it just got really kind of bad because my like sister had like this really big expectation of like you know after school you have to graduate find a job right mm -hmm. but then like i think during the time like it was really hard for her to find a job and, and same thing with my brother to like find a job and then they're like they're always like, you know, your your cousins have jobs. They're like, you know, your yeah. your X, Y, and Z like four removed like uncles, or whatever, have mm -hmm. jobs, right? And they're like, yeah, but like, in my mind, growing, I was like, but not everybody is gonna be the same. Yeah. Like, no one has the same journey, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you just kind of have to support your kids in in, the, in that same way. And I think your dad saw that probably like from er, from early on, which is why mm -hmm. he said no comparisons. Yeah. And so, like, looking back at that and, like, and you telling me this right now, I was like, damn, that's, like, a good philosophy to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, for me, the way I got out of that is, like, when my brother couldn't find a job, like, he would just, like, tell me, like, uh, what he did wrong so that I could fix, learn like, from it. Yeah, yeah, I could just, like, learn from what uh, he did wrong, which, like, kind of spurred me to, like, be my own person and, like, not to compare myself to, like, him or her. And so, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that was a really toxic environment growing up. Hmm. And I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't have to experience that <laughs> comparison. It's also different because, like, so obviously I'm half. And so half my family is still in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Like, we never see them. I've, I've been there twice. That's the only time I've seen them. And my white family is just completely different than me. Like, they live on a farm. Like, they're farmers. Dang. Literally farmers. Like, they live in Prague, Oklahoma, with a population of, like, 800 people. And there are four of them. So, like... It's so different. And so there was also like, there was no possibility to compare to a lot of my family. Mm. So it was just us two siblings that could have been happening and just didn't happen. Because like, I, and one thing that I was always envious of you, of like your upbringing is that you're so close with like your family past your extended family. Mm, like yeah. you have that relationship with your cousins. Like they're like your friends. Yeah. Because half my cousins are fucking 3,000 miles away. The other ones are just so, so, so different from me or so different in age that we just don't really connect like we that. just can't connect yeah and it's not like i will like it's not like i actively dislike them mm -hmm. but there's just we don't have anything in common there's nothing to talk about it's it's like awkward honestly yeah. like when i'm at like christmas it's awkward because we're so different people and even in terms of like religious and like political beliefs mm -hmm. like we're very different which makes it even more awkward but i think it's so cool that you grew up like so close like with your cousins where they're not even just family like they're your friends like you want to go hang out with them yeah so like i think like one thing that i like wanted to get you like more involved with and like <laughs> hang out with my family because I, I like saw that i guess like you didn't really have that growing up so like i, I like i like wanted to be more inclusive but like growing up it was just like me, my brother, my sister, and then my two cousins, like Kirk and Kevin, they're like mm -hmm. um, my immediate first cousins. Yeah. And then they also had like their first cousins on their other side. Mm -hmm. And so like we all just hang out together and like growing up, we would like play Halo, we would play like Call yeah. of Duty, like play on like Wii or like whatever. And so I guess that like that way, we, like, we just like grew up together. Like, hey, let's like hang out after school or like, let's um, like do this, like let's watch, let's watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And so, like, really, like, every single, like, major event that happens, like, we're, like, all together, which is, like, really yeah. nice. Like, whenever um, Avengers, like, Endgame or Infinity <laughs> yeah. War came out, they're, like, we all Everyone need to buy tickets it. right now. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, when Spider-Man came out, obviously, like, we, we, we all watched that together. Mm -hmm. And so, growing up, like, like I said um, about the Filipino culture, like, being, like, really compared, uh, like, really strict. 
So like that was all like kind of like the bad stuff or like ne- like negatively stuff. Mm-hmm. But and it's like also the plus like, side is like being close with everybody. Yeah, but it's also like not like like I hate to say it's not a personal thing to you, but it's like mm. that's the Asian experience. Mm. Like that it's not like your people were just so bad. It's like that's kind of how it is, which doesn't make it better. Mm. But it's just like that also just sucks. That that's part of the culture where like so many Asian people go through the same things of being compared and having too high expectations and all that. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like I was, I was talking to, um, I forgot who it was. I think, I think it like might have been Ed, where like his like family was like like sort of just like chill too, mm-hmm. like kind of how yours was, yeah, yours was, like which like allowed him to like you know pursue like his passions of like film or whatever, yeah. But then like for for my family, it was like you need to be, like at first they like spurred us to be uh, doctors. <laughs> Doctors mm-hmm. at first, doctors or nurses, like typical Filipino thing. Yeah. And then me and my brother were like, man, fuck that. We're not mm-hmm. doing that. And, and then my sister like went, like went into business and my brother went to engineering and, and so did I. And then so like um, they tried to push that for uh, first. But then since we like grew up in America, we're kind of like hotheaded and like kind of like stubborn. Yeah. So that's like the way we like came out of that. It's just like doing like what we want to do mm-hmm. and just like having them support us, um, like, like no matter like what it is. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to, like, do something that, you, uh, that you're not passionate about. Yeah. And then having to resent your mom or your dad for making you do that. Mm-hmm. And so we, like, told them that perspective. And they're like, yeah, we don't, don't want that to ever happen. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, why we, like, kind of grew up of the typical, like, Asian thing. Because, like, now I think my parents are way better at being parents and just being supportive as we come into, like, adulthood and, like, you know, being our own people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, de- like, definitely growing up, it was, like, very strict. And, like, um, I think you mentioned earlier, like, you had no limitations on electronics or whatever. Yeah. I think I told you this before, but, like, my parents, they would only let me play video games on non-school days. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> so I would, look, I would look forward to every, like, Labor Day, the staff development day, like, every three-day uh-huh. weekend. And I would just play, <laughs> play during the, the weekdays, every weekends. Dude, I was bad. Like, I would get home from the bus in middle school at, like, 4.30. And I would walk straight up to, like where my Xbox was and then play until like 10 PM and then go to sleep. Like that's all I would do. And then it was like, all my friends would be online at the same exact time. Mm -hmm. Like it was crazy. I probably could have used some fucking like (laughs) restrictions on fucking call of duty black ops too. Yeah. No, for, for me, I guess that's how it was on Friday on Friday, on Friday nights. I would just go home and just play the entire time. Like GTA Mm five, GTA online, whatever. Oh, well, dude, one thing that I thought was interesting in this movie that I didn't think was going to come up mm. was, like, when they were, like, roasting them for, like, being poor, like, how they couldn't, like, own their own house, like, they were renting it and stuff. And I think it's interesting how we both, we grew up similarly socioeconomically, economic-wise, mm-hmm. but people from both of our high schools, more horn than Tams, were, like, completely different socioeconomic backgrounds. Yeah. And I think that... And that was how it was for me, at least, elementary, middle, and high school. Well, like, since I was part of the GT program, mm-hmm. I was magneted to whatever school I was at. But then, like, the neighborhood kids, as they call them, which is so fucked up, were, like, a much different economic background than me. And I think that, like, really exposed me to so much more. And, like, I think going to those schools that I did played a big, big, big part on how I see the world today. Mm-hmm. How how was that for you? Yeah, I I think I'd have to agree because like yeah. I also came from like sort of like a lower like lower to middle class whatever like like growing up mm-hmm. and I was also in GT classes too yeah and then like they they would treat GT kids like so much more differently than like regular kids. exactly and like they like they would even like term them regs <laughs> like regs like, they call them regs, regs. they call those neighborhood kids neighborhood kids and yeah, yeah just, like they would just call it called them regs and then. Like every single time, like there would be a star test, like a standardized test of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, the GT kids like score like near perfect, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like, how come how, like how come the regs aren't doing that? You know, and it's like, low key, like they didn't give everybody the same opportunities. No. And it's like it's not their fault for like, you know, like not being able to like learn as as, as early as like I yeah. did or like you did, whatever. And then like going to Tams, you know, I thought. Um, I thought I was like middle class, you know, mm-hmm. but like at Tams, everyone is like from Plano, Frisco, dude, yeah. high, like rich areas of like Houston too. 
and they and they would all just go and like i didn't realize like how how rich everyone was until my roommate in college i like went over to his house in austin and, like mm-hmm. i was just visiting him like i was like expecting like you know just like, like a regular a nice home house. yeah but he he, li- he lives or his family lives in Westlake hills yeah his dad um i think designed the house and then like when in like when in, went inside it was like a modern house mm-hmm. there was a there was an elevator <laughs> that took you God, up damn. like one to three floors or whatever it was it was insane and then um just the way that they spend money too because mm-hmm. like i like always uh my like parents gave me a budget like hey spend 100 dollars this week and like mm-hmm. that's it yeah and then like they would just like turn in their like like swipe their car like yes. like nothing mattered i was like damn bro i feel like i feel like i didn't really really realize it until college like I didn't really understand that there were like rich people among us. Like I thought it was kind of just like, oh, the rich people, whatever. They live in the rich neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like we got to UT, and it's like these people are spending like four thousand a semester to join a frat. Yeah. Or like they're just like going to fucking like, like girls will just go shopping mm-hmm. on their on their parents' card and just get hundreds of dollars of stuff like once a week. Yeah. Like, I can't, I couldn't, it would, like, open my eyes completely when I got to college about, like, how much money people have. It's crazy. That's I couldn't crazy. believe it. Or, like, people, like, because, like, freshman year, I was in the dorms. Mm-hmm. And so our parents were already playing for our meal plans. Yeah. And people would still go out every single day. Like, they, it was like they act like they didn't have a meal plan. Yeah. So they're spending so much money just on food. And it's like, they don't even care. It's like, oh, you want to go out? Okay. Swipe. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not thinking about it like, fuck, that was, like, two hours of work. Yeah, they, yeah, because, like, none of them even had to work during high school. No, literally. Like, yeah, like, what was your first job? Like, a pizza delivery? Boy, no, no, no. Or? My first job was, I was a host at Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first job. <laughs> That's so funny. My uh, first job was a uh, office clerk at, a, at, like, a doctor's office. But, like... What did you do? I, like, filed papers, and, like, it was, like, really mundane, yeah. like, everyday work. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my no, life. Like, I, I need to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even then, like, if you have a job in high school, you, like, know the time value of money. Like, mm-hmm. damn, if I spent out, like, $20 to eat, I just wasted, like, three hours of work. No, literally. <laughs> and, like, you can feel it, like, like, when you get that paycheck, and it's like, you felt like you worked so much, but like a lot of my jobs, like I didn't make that much money. Mm-hmm. It's like I felt like I worked so much, and then my paycheck is like three hundred bucks. I'm like, that's it. Mm. Like that's like, that's like a couple meals and a fucking Xbox game. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that much. Yeah. I couldn't believe how many people in college never worked. Because mm. we know people. We know people that the only work they've had are internships. Yeah, <laughs> and like I worked at Applebee's. Um, I worked at Domino's. I worked for the city. Mm. Uh, like I've had, I worked for Rec Sports here. Yeah. I've had plenty of jobs, and so many people have never had to worry about that because if they want money, they'll just text their parents like, "Hey, can I have money for this?" And they'll just Venmo it to them. And that's, that's crazy. crazy yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I remember like last semester, I was like, yeah, last last semester was spring, right? Yeah, and that was like when I was working like. Like damn near eighteen hour weeks yeah. for nine dollars an hour because I was scared that um, my dad like wouldn't be able to like finance me anymore because of like uh, so like certain issues between us yeah and so like I was like working for nine dollars an hour think about exactly. that and then like think about my internship like this summer was like twenty one yeah and then like now the internships that I'm gonna get like next summer are gonna be like for uh, like forty an hour mm-hmm. and like it'll just only go up from there but like it's like humbling to know that. I work for nine dollars an hour, yeah. like straight up. <laughs> well, dude, dollars. <laughs> it's it's especially like eye opening and just honestly just so frustrating in film mm-hmm. because at this point where we are in our careers, a pretty picture pretty much makes the difference. Mm-hmm. It's like because people are about the same level of writers, people have similar story because we're all in college, we have a lot of the same experiences. So really, it's like your production value that can make you stand out as like a college filmmaker. Yeah, and. I just bought my own camera this past summer. Yeah, I and it cost me. I I scoured Facebook Marketplace, scoured Craigslist, scoured eBay. I ended up going to Round Rock to some dude's house and picking this up from him from Craigslist. Mm. Um, but I got my camera for sixteen hundred dollars, and then I got my gear, and the whole thing cost me like twenty two hundred dollars. And I got that in June, 
And pretty much the whole summer was just me working to make that money back. Yeah. Like that put me down a lot because that's expensive. Mm -hmm. And I know so many kids in the RTF program that their parents just bought them a camera, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. They just have like thousands of dollars to spare to like help you out like that. Mm -hmm. And like good for them. Like it's great. But like that's just so frustrating because like that's putting you ahead in this like industry in at least the RTF department. Life is pay to win. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, damn, that sucks. Like people we know have gotten like thousands and thousands of equipment from their parents. And like my parents are amazing. They're not going to buy me a fucking $3,000 camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like it's like, so like sort of the same way. My like parents would only like pay for something. Like if I really, really need it. Yeah. And then I'm like, honestly, after working, it helps you appreciate exactly like like your parents, like, Oh, like less than like, when you're driving home and you see McDonald's, like, can we get a McDonald's? Yeah. It's like, no, we, <laughs> we got McDonald's at home, uh-huh. you know? So it's like those like little things like made me appreciate like, oh, this is why my parents did that. Because like mm-hmm. we need to be paying for like internet or something like yeah. that, you know? But I also kind of like, like, honestly, I like spending money because it feels good like to be like, I earned this. I can do this for myself. Mm-hmm. And people that have never had a job have never experienced that joy. Yeah. Like, it feels good. Like, it felt great when I bought my camera. I was like, I worked for this thing. Mm-hmm. I put in hours. I gained all this money. And I'm spending on something that's going to be helpful for my career. People that have never had a job will never re- have that same feeling. Exactly. That's, like, the perks of, like, starting from the bottom. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, you get to, like, see, like, all the levels of, like, joy that it comes with. Mm-hmm. Where, like, as if you are if you start at the top, then you kind of, like, have to maintain that. And you'll never know, True. you know, like, what your dollar actually means of, like, like without um without struggle, like there won't be happiness, right? Yeah, and even even like like when I go on dates with my girlfriend, and like I pay for both of our meals, it feels good that like I worked for that money. Like mm. I can do this. I'm a grown up now. I can't imagine. I can't imagine <laughs> going on a date and having my parents pay for both of our meals. That's, that's some, weird. That's some high school. <laughs> that is some high school shit for real. <laughs> but just weird. But no, like I feel like, dude, I feel like that's not talked about enough, and I hate that phrase. But no, the the thing we were talking about before about like how they would like classify like the regulars kids is so different because mm-hmm. they totally did that for us. And our teachers would tell us like if we were acting up or whatever, they'd be like, I'd expect this from the neighborhood kids, but not from y'all. Yeah, yeah. Like that's fucked up, dude. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and like all the best teachers went to IB. Then the next best teachers went to AP. Mm-hmm. Then the next best teacher went, D- went to DC. Then it was the people that taught regulars. Yeah. It was like they were like, not getting the best education. Exactly. So then how do you expect them to like get out of their slump of like being in the, like the lower class, right? Of like, yeah. If, if like if you don't strap them with like the best teachers, mm-hmm. you know, so like they'll always stay in the same place. And because like their mindsets are like are like content with just being in the same place and they'll like never get up. Mm-hmm. And, like, But there's always exceptions and stuff like that. But for yeah. the most part, it's really hard to climb that <laughs> climb that ladder. Yeah. And it was crazy, like, playing basketball in high school because I wasn't the only just, like, Asian kid. I was the only non-black person in the program. Mm. Like, it was just me. And um, I was the only one that was in IB or AP. Everyone else was in regular classes. And then I remember, like, my coach, after my sophomore year, like, sitting me down. Like, we had to do these end-of-season meetings. And he was like, so, are you, like, looking to play college ball? And I, like, laughed at him. I was like, I'm not playing college, coach. Like, I'm not that good. And he was like... He was like, yeah, I know. You're probably not. But I asked that to everybody because a lot of people, that's their only way they can get to college. Mm. And I was like, that's crazy. Because it was always just... It's the only way out, yeah. But it was always just expected for me to go to college. Like, it was never like, oh, well, if you get in or if you do this. It was like, oh, no, when you go to college. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just the thing. And these, like, my teammates, like, my buddies and everything, that was the only way that they saw it. Was if they get a scholarship, that's the only way they can, like, get out of Garland, Texas. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Like, that's just so, so, so different. Yeah, did you did y'all have those college bound bracelets? No, no, you didn't have those. Oh, damn, we we had those. But we would have like, we had some kids go D one from Garland, mm-hmm. and so we'd have certain like scouts come to our school, and then people would be like trying their fucking hardest, like they'd be like running after every dead ball, mm-hmm. like they'd be putting on for them because they knew like that could that could be it, like you have That's that one good game. Chance, yeah. yeah, I just never saw it like that. Mm-hmm. Basketball was only fun for me. It was never like a road to anything else. Yeah, for me, like <laughs> same same sort of thing. Where, like freshman year, I was on the freshman A team, mm-hmm. and then like I was like the only Asian dude. Yeah, I think there was like 
one other like um, non-Asian thing, like Hispanic or something. Yeah. But other than that, I was like the only one. And so every single practice, it was like, it was combined with like freshman JV and fre- uh, varsity, right? Mm-hmm. And like we would all scrimmage together, like do the, like the same program. And so like every single time we like run scrimmages, they're like, man, he's not that good. He's Asian. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you just busted three in their face. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then like, they'll like always underestimate you. But then it was so funny. Like when the, like when the classroom, like the study hall came, they would always come to me for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bro, can you do my math homework? <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> and you would do it. I would do it, but they paid me to, to do it. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just like, you know, like 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 different ex- expectations for everybody. Yeah. Like, obviously, like we're not gonna make the NBA. Yeah. We're not gonna make D one. But we're just there to have fun. Yeah, yeah. I knew from the minute I touched basketball in fourth grade, I was like, you know, I'm not gonna make it to the league. <laughs> I knew that from day one, bro. The only way is if you're gonna jump out the gym. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we should wrap this up. But I want to ask you one thing. Yeah. If you, okay, a couple things. If you were writing a coming of age movie about your own life, what one scene do you think would be the biggest scene in the movie? It's like in all of your years of growing up, in all of your years, was what was the one most formative moment that if there was a movie made about it, you would make sure that that scene was done correctly? It would definitely be when I realized that I had to go to Tams. Really? Yeah, because like, that's like a big jump. That is a big jump. You know, like leaving home. Yeah, just like, cause I I knew that I could get valedictorian like easy in mm-hmm. my high school. Shout, shout out to her in high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I I just knew like I had the, like the determination. I I like, had good grades, and then I could like get valedictorian. But then I was like, is that the most that I want though? Like, would that really help me grow the most? Mm-hmm. And then so like when I figured about Tams. I forgot what it was. Like I was just sitting one day and then my like brother sent like uh like, like told me about his friend at UT who like went to Tams and like he's like ahead and like everything and like he's just chilling now. Mm-hmm. And then um he said like that was a good learning learning experience for him and it was like super challenging. And then uh for me I was like, "Man, I don't want I want to go to Tams. Like I feel stupid if I went there." Mm-hmm. And then I was just like it was like going to hurt my ego. Right. But then I was like, yeah. at, at the end of the day, like, who gives a fuck about my ego? Like, yeah. I, like I, I like might as well try my best and to like pursue this thing. And so I think that scene of like where I realized, like, damn, I like need to challenge myself and like mm-hmm. forget about like who I was and like focus on who I will be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like that'd be the most that's, like that. Like, like, honestly, that's what changed my life, because like hmm. from then I went to be like, um, the track of just being like, you know, a decent human being and like, yeah. just like being on like the regular level of like where I was then, like the same content life of um, my like parents and stuff, right? Yeah. Like easy living. But then after that, I realized like there's so much more to life than this. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, like, even if you have your mind up there, or, like your sights up there, then eventually with like hard work, like whatever, like all the <laughs> people say, yeah, like, you, like you can get there, yeah. right? And so, like, looking back now, it's like, damn, I'm going to be in New York City, like, next summer. Literally. And, it's like, thinking back, that's, like, probably what, what spurred everything is, like, when I realized, huh. like, I, I need to be there. And, like, I don't know if you know about TAMS, but, like, you have to apply to get in. So, yeah. like, I, like, you have to take your SAT mm-hmm. when you're a sophomore and then, like, write essays, get recs, and then even then you get an interview so it's like literally like a job, ja- like a job application or like college. It's entrance. just like college. It is yeah. just a college test. Yeah, and then like you had to take like uh, an entrance exam, mm-hmm. and then uh, it it only went to algebra two, right? Mm-hmm. But I hadn't even taken algebra two during that time. I, like the most I took was geometry, so I had to like oh, self study that. Yeah, and then like what was like so daunting is like the person next to me. I was like, hey, like what what math classes have you taken? He was like, oh, I just finished. Um, AP Calc BC as like, a sophomore yeah as a sophomore what like, the hell I was like holy shit I'm gonna fail this test yeah <laughs> I was like there's no way like I I'm gonna get failed. over him you know yeah yeah and then so like but I, I like knew everything that was gonna be on that test mm-hmm. and then I think you had to like get a perfect score like in like order to get in for like at least the math section Damn. and like 
like with like uh, like the reading was fine like whatever everyone's probably has like like comparable reading scores but then like I think like those moments like really define who I, who I am because I think your environment shapes who you are too mm-hmm. so just being in that environment like everyone trying to like get to the top yeah will like force you to get to the top too and not that I'm like at the top but yeah I'm like trying to get there mm-hmm. you know so okay I think I definitely want that that'd scene be, that'd be have to be the scene yeah what about you I'm not gonna reveal mine yet Oh, okay, I don't okay. want to tell you, but <laughs> uh, what are the questions? The last one. If you did have a coming of age movie about your life, so think about you as like a teenager. Who would you want to play you? Like any any actor? Yeah. Huh. Because this this can tell a lot. I don't really know many like <laughs> male actors. <laughs> you know, plenty of male actors. What are you talking about? You don't know any Asian ones? Yeah, any any <laughs> Asian ones. You could be Simu Liu. You could be Henry Golding. Jackie Chan. <laughs> oh, that's my thumb. <laughs> Honestly, probably he would like a, like an Asian version of Tom Holland. <laughs> Asian Tom Holland. Asian Tom Holland would have to play me. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I like see myself a lot as like trying to be Peter Parker, you know. <laughs> yeah, you also are just nerd. fucking a nerd for fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that that's a hard question. I don't really, like know many Asian. There's not actors many. like yeah. our age. Dave Batista, he's Filipino. <laughs> Drax, Drax, Drax <laughs> yeah. the Destroyer. Yeah, you could be you could be Drax. Uh, yeah, probably Simu. Low key. Simu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see it. A young Simu. Simu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a young Simu. Mm-hmm. Playing gay. He's like, we like also like pretty similar personalities too. Like, he's very extroverted. Yeah. Very like comfortable with himself type yeah. of thing. And like, he like knows um, the struggles of like growing up as, as an Asian male. So. Yeah. He's he, from Canada though. Did you know that? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's he's he's from breaker. Toronto. Like, I've, uh, yeah. I've, I've seen his show. You, oh, I haven't seen it yet. He was just on Jeopardy. That's what I saw. Yeah, Kim's Convenience. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for me and Gabe. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks as my for having first me. guest. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we finally did it. I've been talking all this shit for months. And finally <laughs> we finally, did it. we finally got the studio together. Shout yeah. out, <laughs> shout out, shout out, Doa. Um, but thank you, Ron. Thank you, Gabe, for coming. Thank you, whoever's listening. If nobody, that's fine too. Um, hope thank you has to a, us in the future you know <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll look back on this and we'll listen so thank yeah. you to us now um hope everyone has a wonderful day um hook em. <laughs>